0: As coronavirus spreads throughout Missouri and the United States, there's been intense focus on the decisions of local leadership. One of the people in the St. Louis spotlight is St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. Page joined St. Louis Public Radio's Julie O'Donoghue to talk about his decision to put a stay-at-home order in place and how the virus could affect Missouri's most populous county. Page and O'Donoghue spoke remotely using the video conferencing software Zoom. Let's hit the music. Music is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. We want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money.
1: Welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your co-host, Julia O'Donoghue, and I'm not here with Jason Rosenbaum today, but I am here with our special guest.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Page, your St. Louis County Executive.
1: Dr. Page, thank you for being with us today. Uh, I know you must be very, very busy. Uh, today's podcast is mostly going to focus on the coronavirus outbreak and the response of uh, St. Louis County and the region and I guess the state. Um, so first off, is there anything that we should know that, that has happened this morning that, that we need to know about?
0: Well, I think we all um, understand this challenge that we have in front of us. This is uh, public health emergency. It's something our community hasn't experienced in 100 years, and it certainly uh, creates some challenges in developing the infrastructure to take care of everyone in in an organized way. Uh, The news of the day, really, is that uh, we don't have enough testing in our country, and we don't have enough testing in our region, and it completely changes how we approach uh, treating this public health emergency.
1: I think we're gonna get to that. I have some questions about that, but I wanted to start off talking about the stay-at-home order uh, that you've been put in place in St. Louis County. Um, The order is supposed to be in place until April twenty-second, and it, you know, dictates that people should not leave their homes except for food, health care, some outdoor exercise, and a few other essential services. Do you think there's a reasonable chance that that order will have to be extended past the April twenty-second date?
0: Yes, there is a reasonable chance that it will need to be extended, and we will continue to make decisions with the information we have at the moment, but we will have lots of new information as we get closer to that deadline.
1: If you were telling people, like, how long they should prepare to sort of be living under the current circumstances they are now, how long would you tell people to be prepared for?
0: Well, I think certainly um, through most of April, and then we'll see uh, how the hospital systems are able to respond and that will depend in a large part on how the virus moves about our community and whether or not um, we are uh, mitigating that movement.
1: Okay, that leads into my second question. So has St. Louis seen the worst of the coronavirus yet? I suspect the answer is no, but if you could elaborate, that would be great.
0: We understand the natural progression of an epidemic, and we understand a little bit about the coronavirus, although it's a relatively new, you know, only a few months old kind of epidemic. We see what's happened around the country and we see what's happened around the world. And we know that measures that limit social mixing or uh, encourage social distancing will dramatically uh, uh, impair the ability of this virus to spread and to infect other people and to make people sick.
1: In some other states, I'm thinking about New York and Louisiana in particular. I think we're they're like anticipating a surge of cases at some point. Is that some, or some point soon, actually? Is that something you all are expecting to happen in the St. Louis region? Um, like, is that a foregone conclusion that we're going to see a big jump in the number of people infected?
0: We will absolutely see a surge of infections. And um, our hospital systems are working very deliberately in a very um, organized way, in a very cooperative way, I should add. Um, to uh, try and anticipate this, to increase their capacity in their intensive care units and their hospital beds, and to be prepared.
1: So what types of things are they trying to do to increase their capacity? Can you share those with us?
0: Yes. So the first thing they did was try to reduce the patients that are currently in the hospital by um, canceling uh, elective surgery, surgery that could wait a couple of months. Um, Then they've canceled those procedures across all systems to um, try and um, prevent uh, folks who could otherwise wait from taking up space in the hospital. Um, They're looking at plans to increase ICU capacity within the hospital, and they're considering um, options to find space um, in other locations that aren't currently, um, you know, they're on their main campuses that could take care of patients who um, were past the most acute phase of hospitalization, but might need uh, kind of a, a less intensity sort of surveillance and try and find a way to take care of those outside of the uh, current main campus of their hospitals.
1: Yeah, I think we're seeing that other places, like I know in New York, they're kind of setting up a convention center um, again in Louisiana, which is a place I used to live. So I kind of know a little bit more about what they're doing there. They're looking at hotels and college dorms um, for extra capacity. Do you have like more specifics about where they might go for extra capacity in this region?
0: Oh, that's exactly right. We've um, um, our public health department and the hospital systems have all had conversations and relationships built with um, empty uh, with universities that have available dorms uh, for people to quarantine or to people for people to recover um, post um, acute hospitalization. Uh, the St. Louis County has contracts with hotels for. Uh, quarantining first responders uh, if they've been exposed or if they're infected, and let them recover in a, you know, in a low-intensity environment. And also, we have hotels uh, contracts with hotels for um, homeless uh, uh, folks or other other people who don't have a place to stay who are um, recovering from the coronavirus.
1: How likely is it that you guys are going to have to tap those types of resources, or not you all, but the region is going to have to tap? those sorts of resources?
0: Uh, well, we're planning on it. It's, it's hard to say. It depends on the peak of the surge, how many patients we have, and um, whether or not the measures that have been taken will um, allow them to be cared for in the usual setting. Uh, but I am impressed with the way our hospital systems are working together in an unprecedented cooperative relationship. The streamlined policies, they talk to each other several times a day. Their leadership are interacting at different levels several times a day and uh, we are all preparing for what we expect to be a a significant influx of people who need hospitalization. Um, I don't think we'll see what we're seeing in New York because I believe that we got out ahead of this a bit but we know that this is unpredictable and we are going to be prepared.
1: Do you guys have an idea of when the surge might happen, like when you might have to kick in those types of um, contingency plans? Uh, at
0: this time, it looks like it'll be somewhere towards the end of April. But again, this is, this is a prediction based on information we have today. Um, we're constantly monitoring the testing and the people who have symptoms. Since we're dealing with a testing environment uh, really at the national level, where we have uh, we don't have the ability to test everyone we would like to test. Um, we um, have trouble, you know, necessarily predicting uh, what's in our community. But one one reliable, relatively reliable predictor of how much of the coronavirus we have in our community is how many people are ending up in the hospital, because we know a certain percentage of uh, patients who have coronavirus will need to be in the hospital. So that gives us a little bit of an understanding of where we are as a community.
1: Okay. I want to talk about the testing a little bit. I'm curious, how do you think things would be approached differently or how would things be different if you all were able to do widespread testing, you know, recently or even, even now?
0: So there are, there are two approaches to um, treating a, a community that has a coronavirus epidemic. Uh, The first approach is to keep people away from each other and keep the virus from spreading at a rapid rate that overwhelms our healthcare system. The second approach is to be able to test everyone with symptoms, quarantine them, get rapid test results, quarantine them immediately, and quarantine anyone they've been in contact with. Currently, under the uh, limited testing environment that we have nationally, the guidelines for applying these tests are to test um, the people who are most likely to being uh, impacted or who would get the sickest. And, uh, you know, we'd like to know the results. And so these are the guidelines that we have to live with because they come with the test. And uh, priority today is for healthcare workers and first responders. It is for people who are in the hospital and who are really sick. And it is for people who are not in the hospital, but who could get really sick because they have underlying health conditions or they're older. And then the, the uh, other criteria for the test are someone who has a travel history and has symptoms of fever and a dry cough, um, or who has someone with symptoms of fever and a dry cough who's been exposed to someone who is known to have a positive test, or has been exposed to someone who is waiting for the test results. They aren't back yet. And so those, those criteria for obtaining a test were expanded in the last day, uh, day and a half. And those are the new criteria that are applied in the testing centers around the community.
1: So are you, it sounds like you would prefer if you all were able to test more widely. Can you explain why?
0: Yes, um, that is the second really um, effective effort against an epidemic is to be able to identify the people who have it and uh, quarantine them. So uh, we can't easily test everyone who has symptoms. Uh, And we recognize and our healthcare community recognizes that four out of five people who are infected with the coronavirus can recover safely at home. So at this point in time, the CDC has determined that the tests um, will be applied um, to people who are more likely to be positive or people who are on the front lines of fighting the epidemic or people who are really sick.
1: So at least at the beginning, it seemed like when the county, um, you know, was notified that someone had been infected, Uh, there was, like, a great effort to interview that person, to track that person's movements, to see where they had been, presumably so you could, like, notify people and try to make sure that people who might be exposed would self-isolate. As more cases uh, appear, are you all able to, to make that sort of effort? Is that an important thing to continue to do?
0: Absolutely. So ideally, um, if we can identify individuals who are positive, quarantine uh, that individual and their contacts, it dramatically limits the speed from which the virus can spread in the community. And that's a very important early intervention. But as we get more cases, um, it certainly um, gets more difficult to track down their contacts. Uh, Currently, we have a very robust contract tracing program in our public health department in the St. Louis County Public Health Department. And we are coordinating with our regional public health departments in that contact tracing. And uh, to this date, um, we are aggressively tracking contacts um, of people who have tested positive.
1: I think in other, in some cases, we're seeing like what I guess they're calling clusters of coronavirus, like one person will get infected in a nursing home, and then there'll be lots of cases, or unfortunately, one person will get infected in a religious community. This happened near my parents' house, uh, not, not in Missouri, and then a bunch of people will be infected because, of course, they're worshiping together. Do we have clusters that are identified in St. Louis County?
0: Well, the uh, most recent story was one um, with a daycare facility where one of the teachers was infected and and some of the other teachers um, from that uh, daycare facility were also infected. We don't have any um, large cluster at this point, but uh, those tend to be around, like for example, um, uh, nursing homes, nursing care facilities, um, that would be something that would be uh, worrisome because everyone's in close contact, but it's also a population who are older and have chronic medical problems and, and would, would do poorly um, if they were sick.
1: So given that things are supposed to get worse before they get better, is there a reasonable chance that we're going to see more restrictions on our movement in the county in the near future? And can you give an idea of what those might be if that's something you're considering?
0: No, we're watching things very closely. Um, you know, we have limited activity to um, essential businesses. And I think at this point, I wouldn't um, want to speculate on how we would dial that down just yet. Um, we would certainly go back and uh, look at, uh, you know, what's, what's the definition of essential and make sure that's tight and make sure that that's being enforced. That's probably the next step. What I'm seeing, though, is that uh, the voluntary compliance with this is extraordinary. People understand how serious this is. They understand it's not just about them getting sick, uh, it's about them uh, spreading this uh, virus throughout our community and overwhelming our hospital systems uh, to the point where they, would, they could have trouble taking care of these patients or people who are um, sick with other medical problems um, would have uh, trouble getting medical care. Uh, I believe that our hospital systems are responding with uh, historic cooperation and effort. But again, um, we are, um, we're in some challenging times.
1: Okay. And I promised Jason I'd ask this question because he's very concerned about this. Are you all considering shutting down county parks <laughs> at some point? <laughs> we
0: have, uh, we have closed county parks to all scheduled activities that would allow people to congregate. Um, we are currently allowing people to walk on the trails, um, with, um, social distancing. And um, we have seen what's happened in other parts of the country where, um, some of their parks look like a concert, and we don't want to see people congregating in our parks, and if we see that, we will revisit the decision, but uh, we do think that uh, uh, people who are not quarantined uh, should be able to uh, get out and walk on a trail, uh, but we do want to maintain social distancing and, uh, and avoid um, any sort of crowd-type environment, and we'll be watching that closely.
1: Okay, at this point, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few moments. And we're back with Dr. Sam Page. He's talking to us about what St. Louis County is doing in terms of the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Dr. Page, I'm going to move on to not just what St. Louis County is doing, but what other forms of government are doing. How do you feel about the federal response to this crisis so far?
0: Well, I think we all recognize that we um, we need more aggressive intervention and uh, we need um, better access to uh, personal protective equipment for our healthcare workers and our first responders. And um, we need, we really need access to testing. All of those are driven at the federal level. I understand that um, resources are tight, but we all recognize that um, uh, the interventions could have been much more aggressive. Um, We are where we are right now. And um, we all have to work very aggressively to step up our access to testing into personal protective equipment.
1: I think a lot of people are confused about why the federal government would be semi-responsible for providing things like masks and protective gear.
0: Well, there are several um, buckets of PPE that are available uh, through the state emergency stores, through the federal government emergency stores, and then there is a um, strategic reserve. At this point, I don't think we've opened the strategic reserve at the federal level but I do think the state reserve um, has been opened and I think there's another stockpile. Um, we were initially um, uh, struggling to get access to that and, I, and it has now been released and it has arrived for our EMS, um, but our um, uh, public safety, our police department is um, something that currently the county is responsible for supplying. Um, we may have access to other uh, reserves down the road, but we did not wanna wait. And we did not want our police officers to not have the equipment they needed. So we went ahead and purchased that directly. And down the line, we'll look to get it reimbursed, but we couldn't wait.
1: Did that make it more expensive for you to purchase it? If you had to... Absolutely. The
0: price of all this personal protective equipment has increased between three and 10 times what it was six weeks ago. And um, we've uh, discussed our concerns with the attorney general, and we will be revisiting price gouging at a later time. But at this point, Uh, We just want to get uh, equipment that we need to protect our first responders and take care of our community.
1: So I want to make sure I understand that even for like the county government, it's more expensive to purchase those types of items right now. Yes. So moving on, how do you feel about the way the state has responded and Governor Parson in particular to the crisis so far?
0: Well, I would like to see a statewide um, stay at home order. And I know a lot of people are talking to the governor about that. Our public health department is uh, in constant contact with the State Department of Health. Um, They depend on us for a lot on on a normal day. The St. Louis County Department of Health um, provides a lot of services under contract all over the state and to our regional partners. And we have um, quite a footprint operationally. We have a deep bench of policy experts and we have a deep bench of medical professionals. And we're in constant communication with the State Department of Health.
1: What do you think a statewide stay-at-home order would, would do that, like, for example, local government home orders can't do?
0: Well, we, um, we certainly moved aggressively here in St. Louis County and quickly, uh, more quickly than, than uh, other parts of the country. And we uh, have good regional relationships with St. Louis City and our surrounding counties, and, and we're working very closely together. But we also have to recognize that the catchment area for our hospital systems is uh, as far as South Central Missouri, Southern Illinois, um, North uh, Northeast Missouri. And uh, we have to take care of uh, individuals who come from our surrounding counties and our rural communities. And we would prefer that they take the same protective measures to limit the spread of the coronavirus. So we um, also uh, can be doing everything we can to uh, limit the impact on our hospital systems.
1: So I wanna make sure I understand that the the impact on the ho- hospital systems in terms of having to take in coronavirus cases extends well beyond the local government boundaries where a stay-at-home order has been put in place. Is is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our hospital systems provide a lot of services um, for uh, patients who are um, sick um, outside of our geographic borders, outside of our county. And, um, we have a, a large referral base for, for trauma victims, for sick patients with complicated problems. And uh, some of our patients with coronavirus become sick and um, need, uh, need aggressive care. And the local community hospitals in rural Missouri will not be able to care for all of these patients.
1: Are there other things besides the stay-at-home order that you wish the state was doing?
0: Well, we'd certainly like to have access to our PPE, and they're moving that along. Um, We'd like to have access to more testing and they have the same challenges we do. Um, You know, our health department is working closely with their health department, but I think it's now time for uh, a more aggressive action in limiting the movement of of, uh, residents of our state. Uh, This changes quite a bit because under normal circumstances, if we could do more testing, we could be less restrictive on movement. But in the absence of aggressive testing, like we've seen around the world, uh, in, in some of their strategies. In the absence of aggressive testing, we really have to limit movement and treat uh, anybody with symptoms as if they had the coronavirus and make sure they're quarantined.
1: Have you or uh, you and the mayor and any of the other regional elected officials talked to the governor about putting in a stay-at-home order?
0: Uh, we all communicate with the governor's office on a regular basis and uh I know he's aware, especially today and yesterday, of all of our concerns.
1: And finally, how are you feeling about the region's ability to work together to combat this? Do you, all, do you think you guys are working well together, cohesively?
0: Absolutely. I think our hospital systems are working together in an unprecedented way. Um, the leaders of our surrounding counties and the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County are working together in a cooperative way and making decisions and talking about um, resource allocations and needs, and especially our public health departments, they're all communicating on a daily basis.
1: Do you? I noticed that when you issued your stay-at-home order, it was slightly different from the cities. Is there a reason for that? And that St. Charles County kind of later put something in place in terms of guidance. Is there a reason for that?
0: I think all the stay-at-home orders are ninety or ninety-five percent similar. We have to understand that. Each jurisdiction has, um, you know, different demographics, different issues, um, slightly different challenges, and I think the stay-at-home orders probably reflect those um, subtle variations. But for the most part, although the words might be slightly different, um, the effect is is extraordinarily similar.
1: So. Uh- and this is the last question I'll ask about the, the regional cooperation. I, I don't think it's a it's going to come as a surprise to anyone that the politics of the regional leaders are a little bit different. Like the politics of the regional leaders in Jefferson County and St. Charles County are different than, than your, your politics or the mayor's. Is that a factor when you guys come together to talk about how to respond to this crisis?
0: Um, not really. I think it might be a factor in how you describe what we're doing, but if you look closely, you'll see that what we're doing is extraordinarily similar. Um, you know, we all recognize, uh, you know, the political framework that we govern with it within. But I think this is really a public health emergency. It's a public health crisis. It really doesn't have a partisan home, and we're all working together in uh, really a bipartisan way to solve these problems.
1: So. You are unusual for an elected official in this area, so far as I know, in that you are a medical doctor and your wife is a medical doctor. How does that affect how you are approaching this public health crisis?
0: Well, I I certainly understand the vocabulary. Uh, I understand epidemiology and and epidemics in general. And um, I understand how we have to be able to make decisions if we don't have all the information we'd like to have. And that's why we made the decision early on to um, take aggressive steps. And and about two weeks ago, we had an order in the county to limit crowd sizes to 250, which at the time was the CDC recommendation if we had mild to moderate um, infection in our community. Uh, We didn't have the testing environment to support mild to moderate infection. We didn't have those results. But it was obvious to me that we didn't have enough tests to get that information. So I, I would recognize that uh, having a medical back background allows me to make decisions uh, based on what I see that isn't necessarily traditional, like card data. But I certainly understand the vocabulary. I understand trying to make the difficult balance between saving lives and keeping our economy going. But I also rec- recognize that the investment we make right now and saving lives will allow us to recover more promptly when we come out of this at the end with less, uh, less harm on our lives and where our livelihoods and our economy will get back um, on its foot more quickly. As far as my wife goes, I mean, we talk about this every day. If she goes to the hospital, she takes care of patients in the hospital and they're going through the process of what do they do when someone is sick? What do they do when uh, a doctor or a nurse has a coronavirus infection, and they have to be quarantined? How do they take care of patients in a different way? And we're talking about that on a daily basis, but it certainly impacts my family directly um, as my wife goes to work and and helps to take care of these people.
1: I was going to ask, at some point, because we know that the medical staff, doctors, nurses, and other people are um, being taxed right now, at some point, are you going to have to start treating people? I mean, not to be blunt about it, but
0: no, I don't anticipate that that will happen. I, I certainly, um, can help in that regard. Um, but, uh, I imagine that I'm needed here to keep the County going in the right direction more than I am needed as a healthcare provider at this point in time. I do keep my medical license active and, and, um, had been, uh, um, uh, providing medical care, you know, a weekend, a month, once in a while, just, uh, stay current, and I went on a mission trip back in January to the Dominican Republic. But at this point, um, I'm focused on keeping the county on the right track, making some difficult decisions, working with our public health department, our regional leaders, and our hospital systems to help guide us through this crisis.
1: One of the last things I wanted to ask is, it sounds like the county is both spending a lot of money on this crisis and also, you know, some of the revenue that you all normally would have anticipated is going to be significantly lower because of the measures that are in place. What, what do you think is going to be affected by that once we're sort of out of the middle of this in terms of county services? Can you even say yet?
0: No, we'll, we'll just have to reevaluate. We'll see what comes with the federal stimulus package. I know there will be some relief for local government, at least that's what I've read uh, on the top line, and that will help us make our budget decisions. But right now, All of our efforts are focused on uh, public safety, providing basic services, and um, our response to the COVID-19 epidemic.
1: Do you have anything else you want to add?
0: No, I just want to recognize the uh, frustrations with testing in our community and that we will uh, stand up our testing as promptly as possible. We do have a a broad geographic distribution of testing sites throughout the county. Um, The testing sites tend to be Symbolic of how care is provided, uh, but in this particular crisis in this particular epidemic. If someone calls a phone number that's listed on our stl webpage and needs a test. It doesn't matter if they have uh, the ability to pay or not if they if they need the test and they fit the criteria, they will get the test, no matter where they are uh, in the county um, There's a there's a pathway to that. And we want uh, everyone to know that if they meet the current criteria for the CDC for testing, that they have access to it.
1: Okay. Um, I lied. I have one more question. Um, It's about Medicaid expansion. So I think we know, well, it's a two-part question. I think we know that there have been a lot of rural hospitals in Missouri that have closed. Um, Some people think that's because the state hasn't expanded Medicaid. Do you Worry about the fact that there are a lot of med- there are fewer medical facilities today than there were a few years ago, now that we're in the middle of a public health epidemic?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I've been for Medicaid expansion for a decade. I still think it's the right thing to do. This coronavirus epidemic will, will um, emphasize that. But there are rural hospitals in, in Missouri that have closed because they don't have the revenue stream to keep them open, and Medicaid expansion would help that a great deal. And it would also um, help take some of the pressure off of our um, hospitals in our metropolitan region.
1: Well, I think we've reached the end of our podcast, uh, Doctor Page. Do you want to tell people? Do you want to tell people where they should go if they want to find information about the coronavirus, specifically what St. Louis County is doing, and also let us know what your social media uh, presence is if people want to contact you.
0: Well, the coronavirus information is at stlcorona.com, uh, and my Twitter handle is uh, D-R-S-A-M-P-A-G-E, at Dr. Sam Page.
1: Okay, and you can follow me at JSOdonohue on Twitter. For all of our stories, please go to stlpublicradio.org. Until next time, so long.